Yeah, my name is uh, Kabaya Bissa, and my company name is Tim B. The God uh, Music LLC. This, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified. Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, all the way from Burkina Faso. I tell you, when you go from St. Louis to Burkina Faso, you know you are doing it big. He's in paradise. Kabaya, 314. Biso, Tim B. The God, music. This is a full-time musician who has relocated his family to Burkina Faso. If you don't know, that's in West Africa. After this interview, of course, you'll be laced with the game. Brother, what's going on? How are you doing? Blessed by the best, man. Trying to make it happen for the family, you know what I'm saying? Doing, doing the best I can do. Pray all is well, bro. Appreciate you for having me, bro. Well, you know, I wanted to highlight you because you're not – you're not trying, you're doing to be able to get all those plane tickets and then come to a whole new country. And, you know, um, I'm going to give the story just because you've done plenty of press. He has his own YouTube links will be in the description. Y'all can go get whatever I miss, but I want to go somewhere deeper on this so I can educate y'all. But he brought his five children, wife, music, you know, all the equipment, to he come to Burkina Faso because he found out through his DNA that some black folks are scared to take to this day because it breaks <laughs> up right. families. You'd be like, wait, that my mama didn't tell me that, but she didn't know sometimes. But he, right, he found right. his DNA on his dad's side and said, let me relocate and let me tap in. And he's been treated like the chief, like the king that he's always been. So, you know, I'm writing a course right now for um, black Americans, especially to relocate to Africa, whether it be vacation, whether it be retirement or just to check in. I need you to tell us throughout this interview, what do we need to know before we go, especially those who want to stay a little bit longer? Uh, I say the biggest thing for me that I go off of and a lot of people don't agree, but I feel like getting your DNA is the biggest thing. You know what I'm saying? You get your DNA. Uh, I feel like it's so big because you can be amongst your brethren. You can be amongst your family and they can really, really help you. And it's not like you just winging it, going somewhere, trying somewhere. It's, it's, it's okay to travel. And, uh, and I would do that and go around Africa and see Africa. But when I learned where I'm from, you know, that, that I came to my father's land and uh, I just been overwhelmingly blessed since I touched down. And uh, I feel like that's the best way to go about it, man. Learn where you're from, learn your roots and go there and touch down first and touch bases with your people. And some people, it's like our locks that we have. They're scared to get into that root. They're scared to let that root even grow to find out who they really are compared to who they told they were in, you know, the West. So right. at, at what point did you start this journey? Because, you know, once you're already there and people see you, whatever winning and success is, they say, well, of course you could do it. It was easy for you. You know, you had a 10-year head start, you know. So how... 
tell us about that journey, you know, on how long it took for you to tap in. Uh, well, in 2017, I, uh, me and my wife, we wanted to make that, that trip out here. And I didn't know nothing at that point, but I just wanted to come out here. Just some overcame me, you know what I'm saying? Just, uh, just on the spiritual part. And, um, plane tickets was outrageous. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, by the time the pandemic hit, you know, we we had been watching like the Bag Family and uh, ES that's in Ghana. You know, I had been watching a bunch of uh, diasporans in in uh, Africa. So I was like, you know what? At that time, we had a little break, and I was saying, you know what? I'm gonna go and take my DNA. I'm gonna go anyway, but I'm gonna take my DNA and. Um, Wherever it say that I'm from, that's where I'm going. So uh, I did my DNA, it came back, and I was like, yeah, Burkina Faso, okay. I didn't know nothing about Burkina Faso. I did a little research on it right then and there, but uh, I was like, yeah, that's that's where I'm going. So that was my motivation at that point. And when you did your DNA, not that we want to give any commercials out, but, you know, would you recommend um, one company uh, over another? Yes, I would. Shout out to African Ancestry because they give you uh, not only where you from, but they give you your tribe. Now, I go a little bit deeper um, because they it's, it's like I got my tribe, but. You know, a lot of people don't understand that the tribes break down, too, into different villages and things like that. You know, it's a bunch of bunch of uh, I want to say, like what we know as last names, you know, what I'm saying. So, you know, I got her. You can go here. You can go there. And the Bissa is everywhere. Then, you know, what I'm saying uh, Benin, Congo, Ghana. But it came back uh, Burkina Faso, so I just wanted to get as much information as I could in Burkina Faso area and be heard, as my DNA says. So shout out to African Ancestry, I definitely recommend them. And that's that's beautiful. And I don't want to um, discourage anybody who even just wants to find out where they're from because they may go to uh, Mrs. Uh, Pages, the owner of African Ancestry, might go to her website and say, well, y'all, I don't have all that money to do that on both sides. But you could use another company, and I'm not going to give them a shout out, but also take those results and use Jedmatch, which will help you break down the tribes as well. And they asked for a $10 donation last time that I, I heard. But if you guys do have the extra to do the African Ancestry, why not support the black owned business and, and really right. tap in and tune in? So did you do it on both sides on your mother's side and your father's side? Uh, I did it with my, I did it with my father's side uh, because, you know, just spiritually and, and being a biblical man, it's just, it's just something with me that, that I feel like is very, very important to know my father's line. You know what I'm saying? That for me personally, I look at it like, you know, the seed come from the man, the man plant the seed. So it was very important for me to know my father's line. But me and my wife, we definitely looking into uh, doing our mother's sides, too. OK. And with that, you know, and I know you were welcomed inside Burkina Faso. Have you found anybody be like that? Look like that could be my cousin or, you know, that. Oh. Yeah. 
Man, all the time, every day. I, I even, even not even my cousin or family. It's just like I be around. It's just like everybody. It's just like I be like, man, it's just like a brother in the United States just walking around. You know what I'm saying? Like all the time. You know, it's just there's no difference for real. Every everybody walking around is just like everyday brothers and sisters. You know, you wouldn't even really think until they get to speaking. You know what I mean? And the same thing with you as well. You know, when you can go and just kind of blend in until you open your mouth, nobody knows where you're from. I know folks probably might tease you and be like, yeah, Kellen, but he light skin. You don't think it's light skin people <laughs> in Africa? You know, you guys better check, get your mind right. It's all right, type right. of. <laughs> right. now, now, you are in one of those batches of people where the. The more you grow and people know your journey, the more weight folks are going to look at you like the Burkina person or the the African person. And you have to educate folks who have never been that not even some folks never. I'm from Oakland, never been out of their city. Right. And. Uh And they have to understand that Africa is made up of all kinds, not just black folk. And that when you get there, it's not just going to be, you know, all black. And some of those Africans who are Indian or who are white, you might not be able to kick them out like you think you are. You know, because that's where a lot of trolls like, man, I see a white person in Africa and they're mad. How are you how are you learning to adapt with the American ignorance on Africa? Yeah, it's it's a it's a little bit of um it's I ain't gonna say it's a struggle, but you know coming out here it's something you don't expect a little bit because we don't see. So, you know, you think of Africa other than like the Chinese, we know the Chinese here, but I don't see no Chinese. I just, I see like a German, some German sometimes and, you know, coming in doing business and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's very small though, you know, so um, I think about it as far as, you know, you try trying to do business, you know what I mean? So, our brothers and sisters looking at, they trying to get a leg up. They trying to do business and do what's best for their family, just like we would do. We work at a white man job in America, you know what I'm saying, to get a leg up. So that's how I look at it, you know what I mean? Okay. And it's, it's, it's um for me, I have this thing where I tell black Americans, especially with wherever you're coming from the West, when you come to Africa, only Jesus saves. So don't come like you're about to save Africa and change their yeah. whole politics. And uh, did you have to, were you already like your mind decolonized before you got there? Or did you have to say, you know what? I can't tell y'all nothing. I'm a, I'm a visitor. I'm a guest, <laughs> you know? No, nah, no. Nah, before I got here, I was already, uh, I was already pretty, uh, pretty set in the mind. So, uh, once I got here, I knew I just had to take my time. Uh, my biggest thing is just to learn a culture, learn my learn my people culture, and uh, which is not nowhere different than what we do. It's just a uh, language, and uh, it's it's small things, you know, the way they grow up, the respect level, you know, especially for the elders and the women and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So. It's just small things I had to learn, but uh, yeah, it, it wasn't too much of a big difference, though. Okay, my audience knows, um, you know, 
they they've seen the journey uh, and I've talked about it. Um, my wife is from Cameroon. So, of course, we have land and family home there. And I and I don't know if you were like me because I haven't seen Burkina's traffic. But my first time in Cameroon, my father in law had to grab my hand like a little child because okay. I'm seeing these cars. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, hold on. I'm in the zebra walk, the crosswalk, thinking they're going to stop. Right. And I've been to Africa plenty of times before that, but I never been at West Africa. Africa, Cameroon, you know, West Central Africa for the purest. Did you, were you shocked about the traffic or is it calm and chill in Burkina? Oh man, no, the traffic is crazy. And then like uh, on top of that, the motorcycle life. So, you know, it's like uh, coming from, <laughs> coming from St. Louis, you know, you probably see one motorcycle uh, every month. You know what I mean? So uh, out here, it's like not only is the cars going, but then the motorcycle just going in between. So they like everywhere. It's like nowhere to go. I'm like, man, they need to tighten up on the uh on the street lights out here. But yeah, it's 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 crazy with the motorcycle light, but I love it though. Okay, you guys, this is how real Africa is gonna get. I'm a bet. I'm a bet in his experience. And it's been less <laughs> than a year than you've been in Africa, right? Right, right, right. I bet you have seen two, if not three people on a motorcycle, and I bet you've seen somebody fall off. Oh, yeah. I don't, just the other day, a woman got hit by a car. They kept, they kept on going. But, yeah, I've seen, I done seen a couple times, like I done seen a bro trying to be fancy in the street, do some tricks, fall off. I done seen a couple people get hit. I done seen somebody on a motorcycle run into the back of a car. Yeah, it get crazy sometimes. I remember my first trip and it was a short one on that motorcycle. And I said, you know what? I'm a, I'm a daredevil. I ride bulls, race Lamborghinis, whenever, you know, just got to get that thrill. Right. But that's a thrill where I'm cool. That one time just down the road, I'm straight because that that's something else. I know you bought a bike though. Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I got a bike. I'd be on the road doing my thing. He, he that's the real that's the real you know stunt man right there <laughs> now you also got a car though too recently i saw on your youtube oh well, i'm looking at some right now i'm shopping around just trying to you know uh make sure that when i do get one that everything is proper but i've been looking at a bunch of cars but you know i want to make sure i'm out here now so the thing about africa is it's hard to get certain parts. So I want to make sure when I get the car, everything is fine. I don't have nothing to worry about for at least a year or two. You know what I'm saying? So I've been real, real tight on just getting the car right away. But uh, I could have been got one, but, you know, I just want to be, be real extra sure, you know, when I get one. See, the one thing I love about traveling, especially, you know, in places where fast traffic is, I ain't got to drive a driver. I'm on that, like, you know, that trading places, Eddie Murphy, like, hey, where, where's the driver at? And it, it's so, 
<laughs> it's so affordable, right? Like, just give me right. a driver. Because I'm even in London, I'm not driving. I've tried. I almost wrecked my friend's car. I'm cool. Y'all drive. Uh, I've been driving since I'm 15. I'm I'm straight. So you you don't you want that experience, I guess. But do you have um if you don't have a car when your whole family needs to go? How easy is it to get a taxi? We just want to educate the people. Oh, that's no problem, man. Shout out to the Boat Foundation out here in Burkina Faso. Uh, yeah, one one text message, and then whenever time I say they they'll pull up with the car at the exact time, and they'll take care of me. And can you tell the people? Because I, I tell the people like when we're in Cameroon, I'll speak of because every country, Ethiopia is different, Kenya is different, South Africa is different. That's where I've been, but I the price to me especially, you know, coming for a month or whatever at a time, I'm really not tripping, but it's very affordable to in my budget. So do you find that, you know, when you call the Bow Foundation, a big shout out to them, um, that you could do that every day and it's no problem? Oh, uh, yeah, no problem. No problem. It could get it could get uh, costly if depending on how long you need to ride. But uh, if I'm if I'm gonna make a move, then I make that move. I don't really need a driver all day long. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, when I when I make my move with my family, you know, I'm, I'm in and out. So it don't get costly at all. It's very, very affordable for me, you know. Uh, so I don't, I don't got no issues on, like, uh, the payments and nothing like that. It's no trouble. Okay, can you give the folks, because my story, when I tell people, if I pay a driver $150 a month, and that's with an overpay, like a tip, they say, nah, Kelly, you can't get no driver for a $150, and I'm like, I can, I don't know if y'all need like a Rolls Royce or anything to pick you up, but, you know, if you need to, let's say, go to, you know, a festival or something just with the family, Give it the people just an example of how much it could be. Is it five dollars? Is it twenty five dollars just to go, you know, to and fro? Yeah, uh, I say probably, I say probably uh, uh, a little under ten dollars. You know what I mean? Just probably like right at eight nine dollars. You know what I'm saying? And specifically, I'd be probably just paying for the gas, just showing a, a driver love for. You know, his time and, you know, and everything like that and helping us out and stuff like that. So it ain't it ain't no problem at all. All right. So you guys, it's not just me. It's just not Kellen. It's, it's you know, everybody is getting this love. And that's why I like bringing you these stories. Now, you are and correct me if I'm wrong, a full time musician. Correct. Yes. Yes, sir. <sighs> there's a lot of musicians who would love to be in your position and they don't have any kids. Can you give some business game to say, how can I be a musician, go out to Africa and continue to make money? Cause Spotify is playing with my stream money. YouTube, right. Google's playing with my stream. What is a goal that they should set so they can try to do what you're doing right now? Uh, make sure you definitely have a plan um first off you know have a plan plan what you fit to do how you fit to move and on top of that you know uh you got to be consistent with what you're doing uh i set up a lot of things like right before i left you know what i'm saying right before i left i shot two major videos i uh just dropped the album you know what i'm saying so i did that right before i left the united states so 
I've been riding out on that, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm working on another album right now, and it's actually uh, halfway finished, you know, and I'm about to get ready to start shooting more videos. So I say stay consistent, um, stay working on your craft the whole time, before and after, but uh, it's definitely possible. It's not as hard as you think, though. And when you get her, they already looking at you like Superman, so, you know... Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be hard to elevate up to another level once you get her. They looking at you like Jay-Z already. So once you get her, you could definitely take it a step higher. Well, we know with COVID, a lot of, you know, folks who were riding on, you know, nice cars and jewelry started complaining real quick because they didn't have anything in the reserve because their show money. And, you know, that's where the majority of artists get their money um, from that show money. So you have, you know, forfeited your American show money and COVID helped with that as well. So then when you come to Burkino, are you telling um, artists that you can get some show money out there? Yeah, I be, I be actually, uh, I got a couple of brothers that I'm uh, working with and I'm teaching them the game on how everything go uh, with the music business and actually, you know, uh, sliding in the way Africa do business too because it's a little bit different, you know what I mean? So uh, I'm definitely showing them uh, the game and the uh, profits off of show money as well as you know, getting um, the back end as far as, you know, online pay and things like that and stuff they can benefit from too. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to benefit from. And where should an artist be? Let's say they are a single person and they say, you know what, I'd love to make that that trip. I always tell people, no matter what they do, if you have $3,000 coming in every month, you're going to be rich in most African countries, you know, as long as you don't blow it. So should an artist already before leaving have, you know, a certain amount to be able to survive? And and what do you think that amount should be? Well, I I would say like, uh, well, because most countries a little bit slightly different, you know, like Ghana for say they up a little bit higher right now, you know, because of the year of return and everything. But uh like you said, I think uh if you pulling in at least two bands, two two thousand, you'll be you'll be good, uh depending on your type of lifestyle. But uh you'll definitely be able to make some things happen and keep going forward. If you not with nobody, uh it'll be a breeze. You know, it'll be a breeze, 2000. You'll be all right. Okay. Because, you know, uh, there'll be an artist who will hear this and they'll say, they'll come, they might come knocking on your door and you'll be like, hold on, is your Spotify set up? Nah, I just came out here because you said to come out here. Um, wait, right. you got to have stuff set up and then be able to <laughs> prove to yourself you can live off this music. What do you think has been the biggest um thing you know of you being able to live off your music even before leaving because to be a full-time musician is not easy i don't care if you had a platinum plaque but you know if you did you probably got raped on the back end from some label you know (laughs) and then that they they charged you back so like how do you and i'm trying to structure it 
for a 14 year old to be under be able to understand they say look i got this much coming in for shows i have this much coming in from streams i have this much that i'm producing for other artists which a lot of artists you know that's their bread and butter that production hat how how would you set that up for somebody who wants to relocate how should it be in percentages or in profit uh, I say the biggest thing for me was just staying a hundred percent independent, uh, doing everything by myself. I'm talking about everything like, uh, my album cover. I did it myself. Uh, I don't like to talk about it, but you know, I talk about it. I mix mastered my album. I, um, made every beat on the album. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I didn't do was shoot my video myself. You know what I'm saying? So everything uh, being very, very hands-on. Um, independency is the biggest thing. You know, every dollar that come in, you want to make sure you get all that. You want you want everything, you know what I mean? And, and then the, uh, the next biggest thing was uh, the highlight from Lil B. Shout out to Lil B. Shout out to the Bay. You know what I mean? He really helped me out, you know what I'm saying? Gave me another extra boost, you know what I mean? So once I got out here, he seen what I was doing and gave me the feature. No, nah, I mean, I just been just been steadily going up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, independency first, independency first, man. You want to get all them dollars. And how's the scene in Burkina Faso? Because, you know, in America, nobody they just finding out about Afro beats and DeVito. And, you know, I, I, how has the scene been? And a lot of African artists have to travel to other, you know, African countries or Europe to keep that bag going. So, you know, give us the scene and where you see yourself going in the next, you know, six months. Oh, man, the, the African scene, the, uh, the beats, the Afro beats, it, it's a whole different game. You know what I'm saying? As far as the sound, uh, the artists, you're seeing what artists is popping for them, how, how the people gravitate towards those artists. You know, and sometimes you might be like, what? Y'all like this? But it's like, it's just some stuff we not really used to as far as the sound. Like, they love our sound, but they got their own thing going, you know what I mean? So if you can gravitate towards that, you know what I mean? You you would definitely be able to be successful. But, um, yeah, the, the scene out here is, is real unique. They got their own swag, but, you know, we the same, but... It's a little twist on it, you know, that you have to just get a swing to. And I just been falling in love. I got on a new project. I got a lot of Afro beats. And uh, I'm, I'm loving. I'm loving the sound, loving the wave. I'm loving how they do things. I'm definitely able to get with it. So I think that's the thing, too, being able to listen, not uh, critique everything, but being able to roll with it. You know what I mean? And his latest single, you guys check that out on YouTube, Spotify. You know, I made it out. But I, I really am waiting for that that next uh, single where you start putting that French in it, where they're like, hey, como te le vous? Like, hey, my mom from the Lou. And, and, you know, and you just flip it with, with your your experience. So um, how have you uh, been with your French or any of the local dialect uh, and languages? Uh. Well, I, I uh, started off learning a lot of Bissa, you know what I mean? So I uh, I got a lot of Bissa. Um, the French 
it came it came not too hard for me. I learned a lot in high school. Um, it got kind of fuzzy because I wasn't paying no attention. I was a fool in high school. So. <laughs> but when I got here, it was it was not that hard to get back in the swing of things, you know what I mean? And uh, I pick up real, real quick. And um, but uh, I, I got that definitely coming. The next the next one, the next one I got coming. That's that's going to be the one that uh, everybody go see. I got my bro Hendrix. He featured on the track. So uh, we we definitely got something big coming. And tell us, who were you in high school? Because we can hear the spiritual brother take family man, you know, your music. You know, everybody will say conscious, but I mean, it's just deep and it's real. But who were you in high school? What was that family element? Was everything always just, you know, mellow and cool? Or was it chaos? Because, you know, in St. Louis, I lived in... um, I lived in Ottawa, Kansas, and the first time I got to go to St. Louis, you know, we tore it up, man. I said, huh? And my mother said, wait, what are you doing in East St. Louis? Because she had went to the school, too. And I said, man, I'm just enjoying myself, right? But what type of, you know, student, what type of person were you? Were you always, you know, deep? Uh, Yeah, I've always been laid back. But I was definitely like you don't got no choice in St. Louis. I was definitely uh in the streets, uh very young, you know what I mean. But in high school, I was uh I would say like the sports really helped me out. So I was the football guy, you know. I was the varsity football player, you know what I mean. And uh, thought that I could probably have a way out with this. But the only thing was is like I only did enough like with my grades to keep playing football in high school, you know what I mean? So the college thing went, went for me, but you know what I mean? That was pretty much my thing, you know, in high school, just getting getting uh, getting the football thing cracking and just, uh, I, I was still doing music too, but uh, laid back, same old, same old, you know, playing football. You know what? We share that experience, if not for a very fast 40, that 1.9 GPA, I would have not seen uh, a college probably. And a mother who, you know, was kicking me because I'd get the waivers. You know, you're like, you can't play, but you can get a waiver. Right. And, and then, and okay, okay. Because it, it was boring. <laughs> I, I, I pulled my oldest out of school because I said I, they weren't teaching nothing then. They ain't teaching nothing now during these COVID times. We hired a teacher from Cameroon. If we're going to be virtual, let her get that African education, that French, that, you know, so when we go there, she'll be tapped in. And my youngest, she's next. But um, I, I definitely feel you on that. How is that African education for your children? I know they're still young, but how have they, like, impacted and embraced um, a new country? Oh, uh, they loving it. Uh, right now, they still they still doing a homeschool thing, but uh, they do um, – we, I got a French teacher for my kids. So uh, every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, they be real excited about it. They learning real quick. You know how they go with the kids. They catch on real fast. But, uh, yeah, every weekend they tie in. The French teacher come over for about three hours and uh, teach them. And they have a good time. They love that. They really love it. So, folks, you can do it with the family. Do not 
run away. My wife always says, you, we've been married 13 years. I've known her almost 20. It's been, you know, 18 years. She's like, why have you not learned French? Like you can, you know, <laughs> you practice your Spanish and, you know, you were doing all your Spanish and Swahili. I said, I really don't like it. But I said, it's really your fault because the reason I could do Spanish and other languages, it was when I was single and on that computer, you get real, you know, hold on. Right. I'm trying to get, <laughs> I'm trying to get to a goal right here. You didn't make me get to right, that right. goal. So, you know, but yes, so that's why now have you hired a teacher for yourself, um, you know, for those or do you feel like you can just use your driver and they can translate for you when need be? Uh, No, I haven't hired a teacher for myself. Uh, It's like I be in the streets a lot and, you know, uh, I done picked up on a lot like from when I was in the village too, you know what I mean? So um, like it's really, it's really easy for me. You know, it's a lot easier for me being in the streets than it's, it's a lot of love. You know what I mean? Like brothers and sisters there make sure that you got what you need. And I've been using the mobile translator when it really get tight, but, um, um, everything been real smooth. It had, I, I ain't had no problems for real as far as a uh, translation goes. So it's been real cool. Brothers and sisters, they, they help you out if you need, if you need that. And why was it so important when you first came to Africa to go to the village and talk about what made you then say, let me, okay, transfer over to the city? Uh, oh, man. Uh, the biggest thing was, you know, when I learned out that I was Bissa, um, I knew that Zabra was one of the uh, biggest Bissa villages in Burkina Faso. I think it's Another, it's another village. I forget the name of it, but uh, I think they a little bigger than Zabra. But uh, I just fell in love with Zabra before I even came to Burkina Faso. So when I came, uh, the Bow Foundation once again they showed me love, uh, helped me out, gave me a couple of nights free, and um, I went straight to the village from there. And uh, it was big for me just to, you know, get soaked up in the culture, get soaked up in the language, learn and see everything that's going on and tap in with my brothers and sisters and uh, tell them my side and uh, learn their side and, and see the differences, um, you know, the lifestyle and how everything is going. You know what I mean? And then I transferred to the city uh, just for business purposes. I don't know why the Google, you can really... Um, all the big art, first off, all the artists, they out here in the Ouagadougou. You know what I mean? The big artists that's of Burkina Faso, they in the Ouagadougou. So all the cameramen, all the media and everything, you know. So that's that's the reason why I came to Ouagadougou. It's, real, it's a real big city and uh, it's easy for business. Could you have stayed and been happy in the village if not for business purposes? Oh, yeah, because... I, I could still do every I could do everything myself, but uh, I say the only problem, only problem I had in the village is in Zabra, they ain't got no ATM. They working on that right now. <laughs> they working on that right now. But man, that killed me because I had to go for like an hour and a half drive or maybe an hour, hour and a half to get to an ATM every, every time I needed to go and get some extra bread. You know what I mean? So. That was the only thing, but uh, I could have I could have stayed in the village and kept doing my thing. But, you know, just to take it up a notch, definitely the city life. And your family was there with you the whole time in the village? 
Yeah, they be they be with me. They with me everywhere I go. There, they with me every step of the way. And this is why this is an important interview to have and to make sure that with my my influence with influencers, you guys know I'm going to have him on some of you know my clients. I'm going to say, man, this brother needs to be on here because you're the type of person we need to make sure we highlight spotlight because we have some bad actors online and, you know, yeah. from all over. But we'll have people who would have went to the village and said, now I need to have myself three or four wives like I did, you know, <laughs> in, in, in the States and didn't right. take care of none of them. Right. And have all type right. of all type of just hu stupid hustle for people who are are hurting. And here you are with your children and your wife. Now I'm sure in Burkina Faso polygamy is legal, uh, just like it is in Cameroon, as long as you agree to it. Um, what are your you know your intake your your thoughts on that? Because a lot of folks don't have control, and when they do get power. See, black folks can be colonizers, too. And, right. and, you, and, and, you know, and you can you can try to, oh, well, we here now, baby. So now I'm going to get myself another right. one and another <laughs> one. And, and, and I might right. forget you. So give a warning to somebody who might be thinking like that. Like, well, I could go to Africa and I could re-up and get a new version. Um, wh what's your thoughts on, you know, the polygamy and how you've seen it in your short time work in Burkina Faso? Oh uh, yeah, well, well, the polygamy thing, you know, what I'm saying, uh, I believe, I believe in polygamy and everything, and if you want to do that, you know, what I'm saying, no problem. But, you know, it, you gotta really be responsible. You know, what I'm saying, you gotta really be responsible. Uh, out here, you can't come out here and think you fit a pop a woman and, and keep it pushing, unless that woman man is dead. You know, what I'm saying, you taking care of that woman, and that's one thing. Too like uh just seeing the sisters and seeing they hustle, they grind, you know, it's more than just getting a woman and popping and you know what I'm saying the respect for my sisters that I got coming out here and seeing them, you know what I mean? Like if you go take one of these women, you know what I'm saying, they come with responsibility, you know what I'm saying? They come with real love and you gonna have to really take care of you and you definitely mean the family and all of that, you know what I mean? So responsibility you gonna have to be accountable for everything you do you know what i mean so i think that was the big like the biggest thing you know because it's a bunch of beautiful women running around bikini faso but you know responsibility and then uh staying focused too you know what i mean me myself personally uh i'm i'm just so so focused right now you know so i got a backbone and she doing her thing, I'm doing my thing. We just real, real focused, just moving forward. So if I ever take another woman to something, it'll be for, you know, uh, a bigger, a higher purpose more than just getting my rocks off or uh, being a macho man saying I got another woman now, you know what I mean? Well, and it's very dangerous, folks, for y'all to go start hot dicking everywhere around the world. And I know I know it's a hater because I know him personally and a YouTuber and he'll say, well, I go out and I can buy whatever woman I want in Africa. And you know what? You ain't bought no woman. You bought something else, yeah, but but you didn't buy no woman, and you really again colonized on somebody who felt like they didn't have anything else to give but their body. Who wants that? 
who right exactly you, you know so uh, man you might have a book my brother on that 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 might be <laughs> for your book to write to really like embrace or a vlog series or a course to say tap in what what are you really doing this because a lot of brothers are hurting so they you know I remember back in the day when I was hurting and it's a check mark here, a check mark here. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Until you do everything as well as go to the clinic and say, dang, I, this wasn't for nothing. You know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a beautiful thing that you, you have, you know, that, that mindset and hopefully um, some folks can come for that spiritual guidance from you someone who's doing it right because also online we got brothers who you know don't have any women giving a lot of advice and i just don't get good game from people who've been you know caught up in right. stuff can't keep no team together at all especially a woman like hold on women really ain't that difficult you know it's a complex nature to every woman but right. it's really not that difficult and that you can't keep one and you 40 some years old or 50. I'm talking to somebody out there specifically. Right. <laughs> you 50 and you want to come and give advice and you ain't been married, not even forever, three years, six years. So I just love that right. you you have your, you know, your, your stuff on tight. Now with all the success that you have had and that you're going to have in the future, because the best is yet to come, please believe that folks. And, what is Appreciate a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Uh, well, community give back. Well, I'll be uh, everywhere I go in the streets, you know, uh, you know, I show the little kids love. I, I show the, uh, the women love who, you know, single mothers and, you know, families, orphanages. Uh, shout out to the Bo Foundation again. Shout out to my sister, Fatu. You know, I tie with her. I'm not the type of man that like to talk about, you know, saying cherry work or nothing like that. But uh, all the time, constantly, I make sure I give back to my people. You know what I'm saying? I do that a lot. And I knew that was going to be a difficult question. He wouldn't even tell us if he was. Like, <laughs> I, I may know something and be like, man, but what about I'm not going to do that because this is a, a, a humble person and i know on other interviews they're like man give us some more energy not this is the energy it's genuine it's right. not hyped up it's just this is who i am let me be me and, and you know and leave me alone because he's from st right, louis right. so i know he know how to fight right, right. <laughs> hey hey and he knows how to shoot and i and i proved that to a lot of y'all with um you know, thank God he was all right. But when Fizzle, the gospel rapper, got shot. But you know what? When people said, hey, Fizzle got shot, I said it wasn't shocking that Fizzle got shot. I've been briefly in those St. Louis streets with Fizzle when, it, you know, in the peaceful times at a conference. But the, the, the thing that shocked a lot of people is that Fizzle shot back. So right, how, right. The preacher, <laughs> how the gospel rapper shoot back. And, you know, thank right. God he's still here. That it lets you know what type of city St. Louis is. It didn't raise no yeah. punch. DJ, oh, DJ Quick said it about your city yeah. when I was coming up. Uh, St. Louis is just like, just like Oakland. I say Oakland to put the remix, <laughs> but you got it. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Real boy. Ain't no joke. There ain't no joke. No, definitely. Hey, you guys have been blessed by the game. I want you again to go subscribe. Uh, majority of our folks are listeners. Come check it out, even on the YouTube. Make sure you like, share, subscribe this game. We're going to take this offline. Thank you, brother, for coming on.
I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for having me. God bless, bro, for sure. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.